Mendy here from the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome players to the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. If you came for fantasy and laughs, then man, we're here to do it for you. Your host, Mendy here, recording in my new office, my safe space, with some of my good friends right here. We have the Joel the Bold, John Van Etten. Joining the, us the, today. How's it the going? Jold? Uh, I meant to say the bold. <laughs> okay. I, I didn't know if there was a, a word I didn't know yet. <laughs> Combined the bold with J. Not a good combo. <laughs> How's it going, man? Always well. We also have Brash, Doc, Eric Mendelson. How's it hanging? Uh, it's going good. Uh, in, in my mom's room, not as cool as having my own office like you. Big bro. It took a while to get to this point. Just <laughs> put in the work. And then we also, joining us today, back by popular demand, he's a DFS wizard, fifth grade safety patrol, has twisties that I wish I had. He's a new member of the, he's a new permanent member of the Triple Play Fantasy Fam, where you'll hear him on this football show as part of a quad pod, and the basketball show that's going to be starting soon. Please put your sanitized hands together for Sir Bradley K. Brad Kilgore. How's it going, man? Can't complain. Thanks for having me. Course, man. As, as I said, we're a quad pod now, so this is a regular thing for you guys all here. Unless one of us can't record a certain night, you might hear three of us, but you will definitely hear these four voices on this program, so get used to it. Anyway, fellas, it's August, which means it's officially draft SZN, draft season. Over the next <laughs> few weeks, we're going to be breaking down our top rankings from running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, and then today's episode, quarterbacks. I know and Eric's antsy to get a defense rankings episode. <laughs> I am defense and kickers. Yeah, that's been overruled. <laughs> there will definitely be some controversy, differences in opinion between squad members, but we'll give our guys the benefits of the doubts to defend their rankings. After our rankings, we have our question of the week. If you had 10 throws from the shotgun in an NFL game, how many would you complete? And finally, our game of the week revealed at the end of the show. But first, let's get to our news and notes. News and notes. Antonio Brown is receiving an eight-game suspension from the NFL. With teams like the Ravens and Seahawks most interested, A, do you see him playing next year? And B, is he fantasy relevant? So, John, I'm going to start with you for this question. Uh, I'm going to give you the same answer when he, quote unquote, retired. I I might as well have been suspended for eight games this year. He's not (laughs) playing, especially with COVID going around. It's not going to be easy to introduce a, a guy like that into a locker room. So, I might as well have been suspended. Eric? Um. I knew the retirement wouldn't last, and the two teams that are interested in signing him are the two teams I hate most. 
Um, and it would just show the character of those organizations to say, okay, now that we know that you're suspended, we're going to take you on, especially Pete Carroll, who has no rules Friday every day at his place. So uh, I hope he doesn't get signed by either of those teams. I think he won't be fantasy relevant this year um, just because he's missing eight games, and that's a lot to stash. Brad, what's your take on this? Uh, Not only is he going to sign with the team and play, he's going to be fantasy relevant. Like, he's going to win somebody, uh, uh, like, a Week 12 game just out of nowhere. Like, the NFL is just a completely productivity-based league. They don't have any morals. They don't have any conscience. If you can score, they're going to find a way to put you on the field. And I think he's going to play, you know, provided he doesn't get suspended more than eight games. And I see, you know, no reason for anybody not to sign him. It, it's going to be pretty much risk-free. They don't have to give him a whole bunch of money. Like, are just going to sign him, play him, and if he's not good, they'll let him go. Like, I just – it's kind of risk-free at this point if you're, you know, the Ravens or the Seahawks or somebody who needs a receiver. I actually hope he signs with the Seahawks so he can call Pete Carroll a cracker. <laughs> he might. <laughs> well, I Pete mean, Carroll's like a conspiracy theorist, so it actually kind of worked. Brad hit it really? on the head. Brad hit it on he's the like head, He's like a though. truther. Brian really? on the head, though. I mean, yeah. you think about it. Greg Hardy got a chance after all the problems he had. Just he's a productive player. If you're still a productive player, they'll give you a chance. They don't care. Like, but, but you, the issue is, it, it, he's caused problems for the teams he's on more so. Greg Hardy was just just like a bad individual and a bad person. He didn't really like help have teams game plan around him and then freeze or burn his feet and then run off. Oh come on. <laughs> You're a Raiders fan. You're too jaded. That doesn't even count. He didn't even play for you. But everybody else, everybody who he actually played for, like the Steelers and you Steelers know, didn't like him that. either. What do you mean? They won a Super Bowl with him. They I didn't know, like him, and they still had him because he was a. Beast. He didn't show up for two games. Listen, he every time he gets on the field, he does something, and at the very least, he's a decoy. Like you have to game plan for him. Like he changes games. I just, I just can't imagine. A guy with his talent just doesn't play. Very true, especially if you see his workout videos. But let's move to our next bit of news. LaShawn McCoy signs with the Bucks. Sucks for those that invested high in Rojo or Vaughn that they would run away with the job. So now that we got a backfield mess. So, Eric, who leads this backfield, and does McCoy have a role? I think it's a running back by committee. I think it's – well, right now Keyshawn Vaughn has COVID, and you don't know how long that's going to last. I'd say he's kind of a question mark. Um, but I'd say this is a built-to-win team now, so I think it's going to be kind of a, a veteran role with McCoy, um, you know, kind of maybe getting goal line backs and five to seven carries a game, but I still think Rojo's the guy. Does this drop Rojo in your rankings, Eric? Yeah, slightly. I mean, obviously it's, a, it's another back there, and LaShawn McCoy has a pretty accomplished career, um, but I think that's going to be such a high-scoring offense that you want to get any running back that you think might have relevancy. Brad, what do you think? I think with all the weapons they have on offense through the passing game, I think it doesn't really matter who, you know, is the lead back of that of that backfield because whoever is the lead back is only going to get like six carries a game. So I, I just I don't think it matters. So you're staying away from that backfield completely. Completely. John, what do you think? I was worried about Ronald Jones beforehand, so I'd sort of echo Brad. I wasn't really sold on him even when Keyshawn got COVID, so I'm less so sold on him now. 
I think one thing to consider is that they might go with who's the best blocker, which I've heard Vaughn is the best blocker because you got to protect call. you got to protect Brady and Rojo and LaShawn McCoy haven't been known as amazing pass protectors in their career. So whoever keeps Brady right side up so he can throw the ball 50 times in that offense probably will be who's on the field. So uh, I'll keep an eye on that. Let's move to opt-outs. There's been quite a few. The most notable, however, from my Chiefs, Damian Williams, he's opted out of the 2020 season. The Chiefs playoff hero is the first big fantasy-relevant player to do so. So, Brad, I'll start with you for this question. How high are you on CEH now that it's uh, basically his job to lose? And where would you rank him in the running backs? Would you take him in the first round? Is he a top five pick for you? Uh, so, I'm high on uh, Clyde. I think he's a beast. Um, he kind of shocked me at LSU. I didn't really know who he was. But he kind of came onto the scene and became undeniable. Um, in terms of if I think he's a good fantasy prospect, I think you can kind of throw a dart at that entire Chiefs offense and you're going to be in good shape. Um, in terms of where I'd draft him, I think I'd only draft him first round in a dynasty league. Otherwise, I'd, I'd probably I'd let somebody else draft him in the first round or second round. Fair. John, what about you? Sort of similar thoughts. The Chiefs is really hard to miss. You know, you're going to pick one player and they're going to get you points, even though I don't like Tyreek Hill. But that's for a different, <laughs> that's for a different point. Uh, Clyde is, is going to be good, and now he's the guy. And you, there's only so many number one backs who are going to get all the carries because a lot of teams, like Eric said in our interview, um, they like to split carries these days. So there's only one, there's only so many that you're going to get who get the lion's share of all the carries. And Eric, finish this off. Yeah, I think he's going to be a first-round pick because the, of the offense he plays and the opportunity with Damian Williams gone. I'm not huge in investing on rookies. I know the, probably the top one that's come to mind recent is Saquon a couple of years ago. Um, I would take him at the end of the first round, but I'd prefer taking a more polished player uh, with an earlier pick. That's fair. I, I think it also depends on the format you play in. He's a, he's a lot more valuable in PPR because you know he's going to get catches as well. And... I've regurgitated CEH stats on this show at least two or three times now, so I'm not going to go on my spiel why I love him so much. But it was funny because I saw on Twitter the other day that it was just a video in slow motion of Mahomes handing the ball off to Clyde, and he literally just like runs like five feet and then slows down and goes to the end of the line, and all of Chiefs Nation was getting like a boner just watching it. <laughs> it was pretty funny, but I, I'm very high on him. And I definitely would be using a first round pick on him. So it's interesting that Brad and I differ on that. I just, I know Andy Reid's history with running backs and he likes to commit to one guy that if they're skilled and you have going back to, you know, to Brian Westbrook and Jamal Charles, Kareem Hunt, there's a lot of, of running backs he's used. He likes that guy. And uh, I think he'll get catches in that system. So we'll see what happens, but it's definitely. What about the running backs that he's had, you know, the past couple of years? Well, to be fair, pretty much you're talking about after Kareem Hunt pretty much was off the team. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they haven't had a super talented guy there. And I think that that's the key is you have to have a guy that's talented for him to commit solely to you. I mean, when the Damian Williams was in the playoffs and healthy, you saw how much he got the ball. And LaShawn yeah. McCoy was a healthy and active in the Super Bowl. 
So they pretty much were like, we're pretty much just, I don't even think Darwin Tom, Daryl uh, Williams was towards ACL and was out for the year. I think, I don't even think Darwin touch and Darwin Thompson touched the ball more than once or twice. So mm-hmm. I, he likes to ride his backs if, he, if they're skilled enough. And Andy Reid already said he's better than Brian Westbrook before he's even played a snap, which again, you can agree or disagree, but I think did he really said that. Yeah, he did. David right. spilled. David spilled the beans that he gets a boner watching Patrick Mahomes hand the ball off to Clyde edwards helaire I, so. I do think maybe you don't want to put as much into a head coach talking up their young rookie before the season because, I mean, come on. What, he's yeah. not going to say, this guy. <laughs> this guy's half of what I'm used to getting. This guy but he, the, key thing, though, the key thing, though, is he didn't say this guy's going to be special. He already said he's better than Brian Westbrook, which is a very like specific statement. And that's why I, I was like... At it's the a very weird least, thing to say. At, at the very least... I think he's going to get a lot of volume. And in that offense, with no stacked boxes, with no running backs, I mean, DeAndre Washington, you could say, is the handcuff, but he doesn't even know the system yet. Clyde doesn't either, but I'm not... Raider I'm, legends. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not worried about <laughs> the, the backups there. I'm all in on Clyde this year. Hopefully, everybody that listens, I don't draft with too many of them because uh, uh, I'm sure they'll snipe me if, to get him. But we'll, we'll see what happens with that. I want to move to a couple other notes. Doug Peterson just became the second coach to contract COVID, so we hope he gets better soon. Shout out to Staley. <laughs> Eric. Black, blackhead coach. Eric, I want to have just your thoughts on this. Jordan Reed signed with the Niners. Do you think he's going to contribute this season? Uh, if he's healthy, yeah. I mean, he's never really stayed healthy because of concussions, but 49ers love running two tight end sets. His best seasons were under uh, Kyle Shanahan when he was offensive coordinator, so... I mean, it's a low-risk, high-reward signing, very incentive-based, so why not? If he wants to play and doesn't care about his health long-term, well, sure. Fair. And, John, I wrote this down for you. Gardner Minshew on being in quarantine. I did not contract the virus. It took one look at me and ran the other way, probably in its best interest. Whew. There goes that man. Did that raise him up your QB rankings even more? Oh, yeah. Now he's proven— he can he can best it. He looked it square in the eye, and and he it, and COVID blinked first. Gardner <laughs> Minshew stood strong. Love it. So, do you like what you're hearing so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button wherever you find your podcasts. Want to hear more Triple Play? Great news for you. We have a fantasy baseball show that you can check out, also available anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying the content, how about being as cool as the other side of the pillow? and leave us a five-star rating and review. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at TripPlayFantasy. Eric runs our social media, provides daily questions with giveaways that if you're hearing now for the first time you missed out, bland gifts, and of course, our weekly episode drops. Be like the sunflowers that are on my wall in the kitchen and shine bright amongst your friends. When they ask why you're glowing, (laughs) tell them you listen to me roast Eric on the Triple Play Fantasy Show. We want to keep you entertained but it starts with you. Thank you, the loyal player, for your listens each and every week. Quarterback rankings. The Triple Play Quad Pod have their top 20 quarterback rankings up. We're going to publish them soon so you guys will all be able to see them. But we're going to dis- dissect them a little bit today. And we've got, we're looking at the top of the list. We're looking top five, top 10, and potentially some that are outside the top 10 to keep an eye on. So let us start with the top of the rankings. And it's the normal debate 
Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes. And Brad has a little something in here that I'm going to get to in a second. But two of us have Lamar Jackson ranked higher than Patrick Mahomes, and two of us have Mahomes ranked higher. So, John, you have Lamar Jackson ranked as your number one quarterback. Can you tell us why you put him over Mahomes? Because he throws touchdowns, he throws bombs, and then he also gives you a ton with his feet. And rushing yards and rushing touchdowns are more valuable than than passing yards and passing touchdowns. So just by virtue of rushing and being able to add that dynamic to it, he's got to be the clear number one. And he's the NFL MVP. And the Ravens invested in the offense a little bit. So you're not worried of the chance that he his rushing regresses some Maybe I mean, are you worried about Mahomes' throwing regressing? It's like you could ask the same thing about that. <laughs> well, th- throwing and rushing is totally different in my eyes, at least. But uh, not if you're that good, Brad. You were also in Lamar ahead of Mahomes, so why do you have that? Yeah, I you know I, I wouldn't fault anyone for putting Lamar as their top pick or Mahomes as their top pick. Um, I just kind of want to err on the side of mean reversion. I think low passing yard totals and high touchdown totals aren't a sustainable way to score fantasy points. And coming off of an MVP season, the Ravens aren't going to be in a rush to have him take a bunch of hits running the ball this year. I think he's really exceeded their expectations, and he's he's become more valuable than they even you know could dream of at such a, a young part of his career. Um, I think the threat of him running is just as valuable as him actually doing it. And I think the Ravens can exploit defenses while still protecting LJ long-term. Um, he's been working on his deep ball with uh, Brown now that he's healthy this year. And he's got Devin Duvernay. Um, I expect more deep shots and less running. And now they have Mark Ingram, Justice Hill, J.K. Dobbins, and Gus Edwards in the backfield. And I think they're more inclined to want to get value out of those guys than you know, just run LJ all over the field and have him get hurt. So I think he's a beast, but I I just, I kind of, I think, I think he's going to mean regress a little bit and we'll, we'll get into Pat Mahomes later. Eric, you have Pat Mahomes ranked above Lamar Jackson. Why do you have Mahomes ranked there? Well, so I I think Mahomes is going to play in a better offense. I think he has better receiving weapons around him. I also think he plays in a less physical division. I think the AFC North, which we've alluded to in the past when we did this division preview, is one of the more physical divisions. Even a team like the Bengals play the Ravens tough. Um, It's more of, you know, Mahomes has done this for a couple of years in a row. I think Lamar Jackson, nobody will ever beat the fantasy season that he's had in the next 20 years. Here's some stats from that. He had a 9% touchdown rate, which is the highest ever. I see that regressing. He had 176 carries last year for 1,206 yards, which is the most rushing yards for a QB ever. I see the Ravens scaling that back a little bit to minimize his exposure. He had five games with 100-plus rushing yards, but only one game with 300-plus passing yards, and that was week one against the Dolphins. So I know the, the term not bad for a running back, but he actually had more quantifiable rushing statistics than passing. So I think... Teams are going to make him throw the ball a little bit more, and I don't think he's the best passer yet. I think the dual threat of him is what really um, teams have a tough time game planning for. I think he's still going to be a great quarterback, but to say he's going to repeat as the number one, which hasn't been done since 0304, Dante Culpepper, I just don't see that happening. Great points, Eric. And I don't want to—I could talk about Mahomes for an hour, so I don't want to— You could talk about Mahomes for a day. Yeah, so I don't want to—there's just a couple things I'm going to say. 
Mahomes threw 26 touchdowns last year. He threw 50 in his first year. I think people would be crazy to have him under 30, just my opinion. 26 while missing basically two and a half games. And they hand the ball off a lot in the goal line. So I, I do think he's going to have his touchdowns go up. He, this is kind of something, I don't know if you want to say it's a quantifiable stat or anything, but he was number four on the top 100, which I think was bogus. And I saw him tweet that he's taking notes. I think he's coming for blood this year. And yeah, he, he's number number one in family who TikToks too much. <laughs> I just take the fact that his touchdowns you expect to go up. Not Obviously not 50, but I, I think safely over 30 is what most people will expect. I think he's got something to prove. He's trying to, to justify the contract he's given. Or and he's sitting fat on his contract. Mm. No, nah, man, you, you follow That's him on Instagram. Like. Follow him on Instagram, and you'll see he's working every day, just like You're telling that. me he's working out like every other professional player. Oh, <laughs> he's signing just, deals to own the Kansas City Royals. Is what he's doing. The one thing about Lamar Jackson that quest that I have a problem with is you saw when they were down to the Titans in the playoff game how uncomfortable he looked. The Ravens were winning so oh many gosh. games early last year that I'm wondering if if they can't just run the ball and him do what he wants, I want to see him have to come back in games and him being able to, to be accurate on a 25 yard out or to him to be accurate on a, a, a ball that requires precise accuracy. That that's the type of like pro, uh, progression I want to see from him this year. And we'll I, see uh, if we get it. I, I wouldn't disagree with that, but when you're talking like fantasy value versus real quarterback value, I don't think it matters if he can hit a 25 out or not. It matters if he's going to get 100 yards rushing. Like well, that's that's a that's a fair point. I I'm kind of in the camp of I think defenses really work in the off season. We actually just talked with Ronnie Brown about how he said they used to run the wildcat and the t- the defense is caught up. Maybe teams spend this off season kind of learning how to play the Ravens better to where Lamar has to become a better thrower. That's kind of where I was just sure. referencing that he might have to do that. But again, this is a fair great point. debate because. Lamar versus Mahomes, no one's going to argue if you take one over the other. I think, Brad, you said that early on. I think you can make the case for both, but no one's going to fault you. But, Brad, you have Kyler Murray as your number one quarterback. Can you tell us why you have him number one? I do. All right, so I'm very confident in this. So Kyler finished second only to Lamar in rushing last year. I imagine seeing how effective Lamar was last year is going to make all the QBs that can run try and run more just because of how it opens up an offense. Um, not to mention he added arguably a top three wide receiver in the NFL in his arsenal with DeAndre Hopkins. Um, that's going to help their passing game and their red zone efficiency. They were 29th in red zone efficiency last year, so they're just leaving tons of points on the board because they didn't have the weapons. Um, there aren't many quarterbacks with you know 4,000-yard passing potential and 1,000-yard rushing potential, but Kyler has that. And I think the number one thing that kind of pushes – Kyler over the edge for me over Lamar and Pat Mahomes is that both of like both Pat, Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson are going to be viewed as the top two quarterbacks consensus. Like it's, it's not a question. So those are the guys that you're going to, if you want them, you're going to have to go and take them in the first round. You're not going to have to do that with Kyler. So if I can draft Kyler in the second round, third round, fourth round, fifth round, I can build a more well-rounded team. And that makes him more valuable to me. You know, Brad, I, I don't think it's crazy to have him there. On our consensus rankings, I have him four, Eric has him six, and John has him four. So we all have him as a top six, and a couple of us have him top four. I think 
you take what Eric said about Lamar and no quarterback finishing number one since 03. So you, mm-hmm. you know that, and, and these guys, Patrick Mahomes came out of nowhere to be the number one quarterback. Lamar Jackson right. came out of nowhere to be the number one quarterback. Who's to say Kyler can't be the one to do that this year? I, I don't think it's crazy to have him there. And I think it's, it's a bold take that I don't think too many people, I, I wouldn't think that they would be like, oh my God, you're crazy. I, I think he has that potential. Absolutely. Absolutely. The other guys we have in there that I won't dwell on too much, Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott are both, are all in our consensus top five, whether you have them from three to five, they're all there. So I I actually, I thought about leaving Russell Wilson off of it just because uh, he just had the new baby. I think he might opt out. Really? Ooh. Yeah. I like, go ahead, John. I was just going to say, it's hard to take that into account because then you have like the, players with the false negative or false positives and then like you get into the health of like Matt Stafford's wife and stuff and that that's a mm-hmm. lot of oh I that, forgot about that yeah that that's a lot of stuff that we can't really speak on yeah we'll have to keep an eye out for that also yeah, Matt Stafford scary, had a false negative for COVID so there's there's just so much that's going to change these are obviously preliminary rankings we'll see what changes but talking about our top five there was another thing in our top five that was kind of crazy. Eric has Drew Brees number three. So, Eric, defend your Drew Brees take. Well, I think for the 2010 decade, Drew Brees had the most fantasy points among uh, any player at all. And he was one of the top options each year. Last year, he was hurt. But when he was healthy, he was the number two QB on a points-per-game basis to uh, Lamar Jackson. He added Emmanuel Sanders, who I think is probably his best number two for a fan for a fantasy perspective that he's had in a while. Uh, his last four games of last year, 15 touchdowns and zero interceptions. I think that this is his last year. He took longer to, to decide to come back. I think with all the things that's swirling around him, and with the early bounce from uh, the or the early exit from the playoffs last year, that he's going to come out firing, especially with a team that. With seven playoff spots and only one bye, I think they're going to try and put up a lot of points to secure that number one seed. And you look at his schedule, he faces the Falcons twice, the Bucks twice, the Chiefs, the Vikings, the 49ers. That's seven games right there with shootout possibility. I think he is going to throw a lot of passes this year. I think the offense is going to run through him, and uh, I think he's going to have a really big year. So, Eric, my one pushback on this do you remember the Saints record from two seasons ago? No. Was it eight and eight? No. So they were last year, they were 13 and, or I'm sorry, two, two years last year, they were, let me pull this up here. They were 13 and three. And then two years ago, they were 13 and three. But so they're always, you know, that they're going to win games. But the thing that was very different between them is you remember how run heavy they were two years ago? Mm-hmm. And part of me thinks that they could go back to that. Drew Brees obviously was a lot more productive last year when he did play, but let's not forget how frustrating he was two years ago and how he was borderline droppable in pretty much most leagues. And I think when you have a, that uncertainty where you, in an offense where you know Taysom Hill is going to be taking snaps, a lot of quarterback. I think they want to increase his usage. You also have Jameis Winston on the roster. But uh, I think 
Yeah, I think you got but, Taysom, but, you got Taysom Hill taking snaps. You also have Alvin Kamara who's looking to bounce back. You have Latavius Murray who's capable of stuff. I I don't think it's wrong to rank Drew Brees high. I just that's what scares me for top three. Well, for to push back, I think he's the QB that you'd say probably has the highest ceiling at this point that doesn't have rushing ability. And while the the rushing stats definitely add to it, I think it it increases an element of injury. Obviously, Drew Brees breaking his thumb last year was kind of a fluke play, bang, banging hit on Aaron Donald's helmet. But I, like I said, I think with his lat, this is his last season. I think they're going to have the the offense run through him. I think he's going to be throwing the ball. I don't think it's ever been a question of of his talent and whether it's there or not. I think it's like you said, the opportunity. Are they going to be run heavy or not? I think throughout his, the entirety of his of his career, he's been a top fantasy option. So. You know, we'll, we'll see. I, I just wanted to be a little bold. I could see him finishing QB1. I'm not going to rank him that, but I think QB3 was appropriate. Where would you draft Drew Brees? Uh, based on where I could get him, I'd probably say eighth round. But if QB started going early, I would take him as early as round five. Interesting. Okay. Hope I draft with you on that. <laughs> Let's look more into the top ten. And I want to start with a hot name, Cam Newton. And oh, yeah. There's a lot right. of differences in our rankings here. And John has him 14. I have him 10. I have him as a QB1. Eric, you don't even have him ranked in your top 20. That's right. And Brad, you have him as high as six. The, That's right. The fantasy pros have him as quarterback 23. So it's more siding on the side with Eric. Brad, I want you to start this off. I have some things I want to add on Cam Newton because I have him as a QB1 as well. What are, why do you have him so high? All right, well, apparently Bill Belichick and I are the only people who have memories prior to the year 2018. <laughs> uh, that's the last time Cam Newton was truly healthy, like he actually is now. Um, in 2015, the man took the Panthers to the Super Bowl. He should have a statue in Carolina instead of Jerry Richardson. Um, he's never had an elite receiving course, so he's going to feel right at home in New England. He even gets to reunite with Mosa New. Um, in 2017, he threw for 3,300 yards and ran for 800. Like when he's healthy, he's a six foot six, 250 pound human that just can't be slowed down. And he literally has to be injured to have a bad season. Um, like now that he's playing for practically like minimum wage in the NFL, when he should probably be paid as a top 10 QB right now, you can draft Cam Newton super low and fill out a great team and have him be your starting QB. Um, I think he's my favorite value in the league right now. And people act like he's old and trash when in actuality he's 31 and he's healthy for the first time in two years. And I, I just think he's elite. I'll take my chances. The one thing that annoys me the most about people is people that talk about Cam Newton and have that wishy-washy where they're like, oh, yeah, I have him as a fringe QB1. So they can say if he's a QB1, I'm like, oh, I, I had him as a fringe QB1. I'm, I'm right here, David. Yeah. <laughs> you, have, <laughs> you have him 14. So I, I'm, I'm saying more people that are like, and, and I don't think you're going to play the both sides of the fence card. I, I just hear so much Cam Newton talk people playing both sides of the fence. Oh, yeah, if, if he's the week one starter – uh, you know he's he's a he's QB twelve, and I'm like you're basically like ready to have your argument won either way. And yeah, I have him I have it at ten right now. And mm -hmm. Cam Newton, I think you look at the history of Bill Belichick's offense. He's had guys like Jimmy Garoppolo get paid. He's had Jacoby um uh, uh Jacoby Brissett. Brissett. Thank you, thank you, Jacoby Brissett in his system and and get a nice contract from the Colts. Matt Castle robbed the Chiefs. They robbed. Oh, yeah. the, I mean, they had eleven and five season with Matt Castle. 
So I, I think the Patriots know what they're doing with quarterbacks. I think obviously Brady's the GOAT, but I don't think you can – I mean, Cam in this system I think is going to be fine. And they're going to work the system for him to succeed. And if you've seen how motivated Cam is right now, whether it's you watch his workout videos, you watch what he's saying, he's, he's extremely motivated right now. And I think it's Locked a mistake. Down. It's a mistake to let him slip outside the top 10 in quarterbacks. Oh, even the top 20. No, I think it's a mistake to let him out of the top 10 because he's, he's going to – for the he's going to be that kind of guy that you if he does slip to QB 20 that is going to be your unless you have like a Mahomes or a Lamar Jackson or something like that he's probably going to be plugged in into your starter at some point in the year I think in my uh in my dynasty league I traded Lamar Jackson I, I won the championship in my dynasty league last year and I traded Lamar Jackson at our draft for uh some picks and Cam Newton like I, that's that's the kind of bet I'm making. Like he's, I think Cam Newton can replace like I don't know, maybe seventy seventy five percent of Lamar Jackson's production this year. So if I can get picks and assets in return for that, like it's just making you a more well rounded team with more depth. And I, I just think he's a tremendous value this year. And the Patriots lost half their defense, so they might have to to score more to be in games at this point. So absolutely, everything's just looking up for him and. I want to move into more in the top 10. One guy I have that I have extremely high, Matt Stafford. And I think people are forgetting the pace that he was on last year before he got hurt. And if you look at it, he was on pace for 5,000 yards, 40 touchdowns, and 10 picks. And I know that's what he's on pace for. He missed half the season. But this guy has a lot of weapons. He's got an upgrade in the running game, guys that they can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's got Kenny Galladay, Danny Amendola, and Marvin Jones, which is a great three-headed monster at receiver. And they, they have a better offensive line. And I think that people are – he's slipping into the, the mid-double digits in quarterbacks. And I have him as quarterback seven. I, I really think if he's healthy – and I know he's not – I don't want to curse, but I know he's not no B-word because you watch that video. I retweeted it the other day – or actually retweeted it today. You see him where he – Basically, he broke his arm on a hit from Cleveland a few years ago, and he sat out of play, came back in, and threw the game-winning touchdown when he had a broken shoulder. I mean, this guy, you can't question his toughness, and I think the Lions will have as good enough offense for him to be relevant. So I have him as high as seven. I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on Stafford, but I'm extremely hot on this year. Yeah. Just, you got it, John. I was just going to say, I think maybe, and I know we, I said we shouldn't try and take it into account, but I think sort of his, the, the COVID concerns creeped in a little bit and it made me sort of drop him lower uh, than, mm-hmm. than possibly he should go. But again, yeah, that's, it's sort of hard to tell something like COVID. So maybe I should have ranked him properly with, before I heard that it was a false, uh, false positive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have missed QB 13, and I think you brought up some good points. I'm not as big on Marvin Jones and um, Danny Amendola at this point in their career. I do like TJ Hawkinson. I think they're going to run the ball a little more. I think that's why they invested with DeAndre Swift. I think he's not going to be a bell cow, but I think they're going to run more with him and carry on. Um, the COVID concern is a little bit of an, in, is a little bit, for me as well, but he also had a compression fracture in his back. And I think that's something where you're using your back every play, whether you're throwing the ball, whether you're running, I think that's a part of your body. That's a greater chance to re-injure. 
Um, and I, you're right. I mean, he's tough as nails. But I think at a certain point, if, if the Lions aren't doing well, which that seems to be like that most years, that he might once again, you know, rest or opt out, you know, before well, the season's over. I mean, opting out could be anybody. So I don't want to dwell on that point. But I do, once that I heard, and uh, I want to give credit to uh, Dave Richer of CBS because this is where I heard this stat. Do you know how many times a running back has had 15 carries in the Matt Patricia era in Detroit? Zero. Twice. Oh, I was actually going to say twice. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's had, they've had 15 carries twice. I think he's going into his fourth season with Detroit. He's, he doesn't like to give his running backs carries. I mean, obviously they'll, they get touches, but if they don't get carries, then that means they're getting the ball thrown to them. So I don't expect a high running game usage with Matt Patricia at the helm. And that's why I think it's going to help Matt Stafford's case. Yeah, I had him as a QB 12. I pretty much agree with everything you guys say. I just prefer kind of having the functionality of quarterbacks that can do it with their feet as well, because it provides a nice floor production for their fantasy points. Um, I think he is going to have a great season, a lot of yards through there, but I, I think a lot of guys are. So that's just kind of, I kind of view him as a better than average fantasy prospect at, at quarterback this year. That's fair. I, I want to move to another name that was on our list. Eric and I don't have his name at our, on our top 20. Brad, you have Teddy Bridgewater at nine and John, you have him at 11. So John, I want you to start this off. Why do you have Teddy Bridgewater ranked just outside the top 10? I mean, he, he has all these weapons surrounding him, and, and it's insane that people would try and drop him off like this. He looked good in New Orleans, and he has almost uh, added almost similar skill level in Carolina around him. I mean, Kyle Allen looks pretty average and passable, and I think he's a terrible quarterback, so I can't imagine how good Teddy Bridgewater is going to look you know, playing with all those players around him. Between you know DJ Moore and, and your God Christian McCafferty. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 John, you wanna you wanna switch roles for a sec? Uh, PJ Walker is gonna replace him. Hey, replace <laughs> Eric, you're not the backup quarterback whisperer. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I am on this one. I feel confident about this one. I do love me some PJ Walker. <laughs> the Panthers have the worst offensive line. Teddy Bridgewater is not a mobile quarterback. Um, I don't know. I I just see him getting benched at a certain point. Wow. All right. So I, I'll say this. Of my top 10, Teddy Bridgewater is probably the one I have least confidence in my ranking. Um, I kind of view him as similar to that Cam Newton. Like, you know, like this is the first time he's going to be healthy and actually have an opportunity to start in a long time. Like he's, he's going to he's the guy. He's QB1. So he's going to get 16 games. Last time he threw for last time he had 16 games, he threw for 3,200 yards. Now he has Christian McCaffrey. Now he has DJ Moore. He has Curtis Samuel. Like he's, he's got all these weapons. Like John says, I just think, and, and he's you know Matt rules the Baylor guy. Like that's an aired out offense. Like I, I think he's going to have an opportunity to do something very special. If he doesn't, it would also make sense. But I think he's got that upside there. You know who was who was his QB when he was at Baylor? Was PJ Walker. PJ Walker. Yes, sir. You walked right <laughs> into that one. Yes, sir. Nice pun. Eric, I want to stay with you because you are the highest on Josh Allen. Josh Allen is number seven in your rankings, and I expect this because you expect his high rushing upside. Can you defend that take? Yeah, well, I think two of the defenses in the AFC East got significantly worse. The Patriots have had a lot of players opt out, most notably Patrick 
Patrick Chung and Dante Hightower. The New York Jets lost Jamal Adams, who's arguably one of the best defensive players in that division. The Dolphins got slightly better. But last year, twelve Josh Allen, 12 out of his 16 games, he had at least two touchdowns. He has 17 rushing touchdowns the past two years. While I don't anticipate him to have an average of 8.5 touchdowns, I think that he could be in at least the 5-6 to six range. I don't see a real threat at running back. I think it's going to be Zach Moss and um, Devin Singletary splitting, but I don't think either are going to be a bell cow back. You add Stephon Diggs. Um, and last year, Josh Allen had six games with 20-plus fantasy points. I think it's his team. I know he's not an accurate thrower. I wouldn't have him at number seven in terms of real-life quarterback. But I think because of that rushing value and the weapons he has, I think he has very, very high upside. So are you not concerned that now with Zach Moss and Devin Singletary there and the fact that naturally you want quarterbacks to to stop rushing or, or to, to taper their rushing down, are you not worried that if his rushing starts coming down and he's, I think he scored eight rushing touchdowns last year. I don't see that happening again. Are you worried that that's going to kind of decrease that floor that you think right now he has? Yeah, a little bit. I think Devin Singletary is going to have the role that he did last year. I think Zach Moss will probably have a little bit larger role than Frank Gore did, but a lot of these Josh Allen rushing touchdowns are similar to what the Panthers did with Cam Newton, where it's in close, you know, they're first and five and they run a bootleg for him. And he has a long wingspan to just to extend the ball in the red zone. I mean, you know, if, when Cam Newton had all those rushing touchdowns the first couple of years, you thought that that was probably going to regress. But that's just part of his game. So I think he might not have as many rushing yards. But I don't think you trade a first-round pick to add Stephon Diggs if it's not Josh Allen's team. And, you know, when the ball is in his hands, he's going to decide whether he wants to run or throw it. That's fair. I want to move on here and look at quarterbacks outside the top 10 and how we ranked them. I don't want to spend too much time on Aaron Rodgers because we all actually had him ranked anywhere from 13 to 16. I think we all feel that he's not a QB1 anymore and that if you draft him, you're going to be scared that he's just not going to throw the ball and the team's going to run. And so I don't think that requires too much explaining unless you guys have something to add for that. But uh, the next guy I want to... Can, can, before we go to the outside the top 10, can I bring up a guy? Go ahead. Um, so our, uh, my, my second favorite value pick of this draft for the quarterbacks are Tyrod Taylor. Um, I think if the NFL had a most improved player award, it would be Tyrod. Um, I think he's finally getting a shot to run the show without looking over his shoulder. They're not going to start Justin Herbert for a while, I don't think. Um, so now Tyrod is going to have a long leash. He's going to be able to take risks without getting pulled. And now he's going to have the best weapons he's ever had in his career. So he's going to have Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry. And he can do it with his feet. Like, I just, I see no reason why Tyrod Taylor can't have a huge season. And you can draft him really low. Um, I just think he's, along with Cam Newton, he's going to be one of those guys that you can really build a team around. I hey, you did just nine. want to... I didn't have. I'm not as high as eight, Brad yeah. is, obviously, but I do think he has a really high floor. Like Brad said, he's a pretty safe passer, all things considered. Uh, you know, even when he was in Buffalo, so he has a really high floor in that regard, in that he's going to be efficient and he's going to do a little bit with his legs, which you know does make him a, a, not even really a risky play for some weeks if you need to. And now he has weapons. Like, he was always that safe guy with, like, not a lot of weapons. Now he can be safe with people that are, you know, upper tier in in their respective positions. He has the best uh, wide receiver in the AFC West, according to Keenan Allen. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. And who's going to tell him he's wrong? <laughs> the next guy I want to bring up, Eric and I both have him at 12. Brad, you have Carson Wentz 18. John, you yeah. have him as high as 9. So there's a lot more viability here. John, why do you have Carson Wentz in the top 10? I know there's a lot of receiver issues in, in Philadelphia, but there has been for years and there probably will be for years moving on, but he's just always sort of gotten it done when he's healthy. And I think that this could be the year where he's healthy. He's adding muscle, you know, he's motivated. The city of Philadelphia hates him. And I think that's going to fire him up. <laughs> and Brad, you have 18. You really yeah. don't feel him this year. It's, it's not even that. Like it's, it's. I don't have anything against Carson Wentz. Uh, like John said, when he's in, he gets it done. But I look at him as like a one-dimensional fantasy prospect, and that he he's a great passer. And I just think there's other guys who are also great passers who are more likely to play full seasons, who are worried about like who's behind their shoulder, who you know somebody who didn't draft a QB and with their upper picks like I just think he's got a lot of stuff going on that's not in his favor for me to kind of put him up there in the in the you know a little after 10s I'd, I'd rather have him lower looking at some names here I want you guys each and John I'll start with you bring up somebody that's outside your top 10 that you think people should keep an eye on as their second quarterback when they draft Minshew Gardner Minshew magic we already touched on him a little bit we know he's got just sort of this this sort of swagger about him, the way he plays, the way he acts. And finally, he's going to be the guy. They're just going to stick with him this year. And when he came in, sometimes off the bench, as I predicted, you know, he has a little magic to him, some excitement. And with DJ Chark, uh, you know, there's really the sky's the limit for this guy. High ceiling. I do think he also has a little bit of a low floor, which is why he's lower on my list. But <laughs> I do think he can explode. <laughs> Yeah, you didn't make your... Uh, oh, no, he's 19 on your list. Yeah, number 19. Eric, who's someone they should keep an eye on? Um, I like Drew Locke, and he's my QB 18. I you think John... bad person. I think, I think John Elway has something to prove by finally showing that he hit on a QB. So you look at his weapons. He has Cortland Sutton, drafted Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler. They have Noah Fant as well. Got Melvin Gordon and free agency to go along with Philip Lindsay. He is probably one of the best uh, weapons, even though they're not proven, but on paper. Um, and like I said, you know, you look at the the Chiefs. That's a potential shootout game. Um, so I think he has. I think he has all the weapons to be, you know, a, a top ten, top twelve quarterback. Um, and especially because he's a rookie, and I feel like a lot of people are fading rookies. You could probably get later in the draft. That was who I was going to say. So it's a very good choice, Eric. Brad, a rare compliment for me. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my QB fourteen. I'm gonna go with Tom Brady. Um, I think he's a great QB two to have. You talk about weapons. I mean, the guy's gonna have Mike Evans. He's gonna have Chris Godwin. He's gonna have um, his running backs out of the backfield to throw out throw to. He's gonna have Rob Gronkowski. He's gonna have maybe another tight end if they don't trade him. I, I just think he's a guy who. You know his floor, and his floor is going to be solid. And if he can capture some of that kind of the magic in his career when he had, you know, the Randy Mosses a little while ago or, you know, his his earlier career when he was just kind of letting it fly, I just think he, he can do something special. 
I agree. I think a lot of drafts, you'll probably see him go before then based off where he's ranked. But, I mean, yeah, as a QB2, that, that'd be great value. The, the Eric took who I was going to take, so I'll take the next guy that I had planned was Joe Burrow. I think he's already going to obviously be starting week one. He's had the playbook for a while. He has a lot of good skill position players around him. He's got Joe Mixon. He's got A.J. Green, Auden Tate. He's got uh, um, the guy they just drafted. T. Higgins, I, T. Higgins. Thank you, T. Higgins. And don't forget they have Tyler Boyd in the slot. They've oh, yeah. invested a couple picks recently in the offensive line. I just, I really think that he's set up to succeed, and he was far and away the best quarterback in college last year. And his accuracy is incredible. He's used to, I think they're going to mold the offense, what he likes to do. So I think you're going to be able to get him outside the QB1 range, and he's going to be someone that, at the very least, is going to be a great player to have to alternate if he has a better matchup. And his ceiling could be, hey, this guy's a top 10 quarterback, and he's uh, someone that, from the back end of the QB1s that you can plug in. If you want to see our full rankings, we will be making them available very soon on Twitter, so you'll be able to check those out. I want to move to our next segment, question of the week. John, who are we not sponsored by this week? We're not sponsored by headphones. They're good to listen to us with. They're good to tune us out with, maybe. Um, you know, So <laughs> they're very versatile. You can listen to anything. Uh, Apple, give us a call. I don't have a pair of AirPods yet, so I would like some, please. Yeah, make that our sponsor. That would be pretty dope. So our question this week, if you had 10 throws from the shotgun in an NFL game, how many would you complete? So, Brad, I'll start with you for this question. I have so many questions. I've, how far out? What am I throwing? Like, is Just, it a... They gave you 10 throws of your choosing. You could be like, I want to run this, this. How many do you think you could realistically complete? And there's like, this is an NFL game? NFL game. Oh, zero. I'm terrified. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a fair answer when they're running at you. But yeah, no, not a chance. <laughs> if it was like practice, if, you know, if I, if I got the red shirt on, I could, I could complete maybe five or six, I think. Okay. <laughs> wow, better than Josh Allen in practice. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> That's Eric. my QB10. Leave him alone. <laughs> Eric, what about you? Uh, I'm going to say one, and it's because as soon as I get the ball, I would just find the, the tallest receiver on the uh, field and throw it up to him. I'm 5'5", five five, so I, I can't really see over the line of scrimmage. <laughs> so I, I just hope that one out of ten times, if I threw it up, that a tall receiver could catch a jump ball. <laughs> I'm surprised you gave yourself one. I was going to say zero, but I was like, I have to show a little confidence. No, you don't. <laughs> John, what do you think? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm 6'2", so I can see over the line, but I'm still not that confident that I'd be able to. Maybe uh, if a pitch counts, if I do a little shovel pass to somebody ooh, uh, really quick, if we're counting this. I didn't this, think about that. That's, that's how Patrick Mahomes pads a lot of his stats. He does a lot of those stupid shovel passes for touchdowns. But um, if we count those, then maybe I could get a few. Maybe I get all 10 if we just do shovel passes, but most likely zero. <laughs> John, John, it's funny because that's actually where I was going. I was going to say 10, <laughs> and I'd be like, just, I'll just shovel it to the running back across the middle. Uh, if we don't count shovel passes, then I'll probably say one. 
Re- realistically, I could be shaking so much that uh, I can't even catch the snap, and we don't even get that far. <laughs> I would yeah, literally what about all t- all ten snaps. They just blitz us, and we just fumble all ten snaps. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I would like, you wouldn't even. I wouldn't even fumble. I would just literally say I'd give them the ball just so they wouldn't hit me. I t- I make a business decision and not dive on the fumble. <laughs> <laughs> wow, low blow, low blow, but. It's an interesting thought. I think we all really uh, give credit to those that have six foot five, two hundred seventy pound defensive ends running at them and still can complete thirty yard darts. So, props to them. Let's move to our last segment, game of the week. John, what's our game this week? Uh, it's going to be. We've done it before. It's philosopher quotes or football coaches. Uh, football coaches are the modern day philosophers so this is going to be a tough one for you fellas so i'll pretty much just go in a rotation um you can tell me and that you keep track of your own scores you know i'm not your mother here <laughs> do we get the additional points for saying the coach or philosopher yes. and if was. you get the if you get the correct coach you will get an additional bonus point uh delivered directly by me oh okay yay the first one is the will to win the desire to succeed, the urge to reach your full potential, these are the keys that will unlock the door to personal excellence. Who goes first? Brad. I'll go first. I'm gonna go uh I'm gonna go football coach Lombardi. David. I feel like it's so easy to think that it's a coach, but I think you're trying to give us a really good curveball from the start, and I'm gonna say it's a philosopher. David doesn't know it. David doesn't know any philosopher uh, philosophers, so don't go back to him. I say it's a philosopher. I'm gonna say it's Aristotle. Um, Eric and David, the brothers are correct. It's Confucius. Ah, nice. Our next one: perfection is not attainable, but if we chase perfection, we can catch excellence. And I'll start with you this time, Eric. Oh, it's David's turn to go first. Okay, fine, David, you go first. Eric's scared. I'm going to go football coach and Don Shula. Uh, I'm going to go football coach as well. And uh, I like Don Shula, David. I'll copy off you. What the heck? Don't do that to me. <laughs> Think of yourself. I'm going to go. I'm going to go philosopher. I'm going to go Socrates. I only did this one in this order because, Brad, you said football coach Vince Lombardi last time. This is football coach Vince Lombardi. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I'm on the right track. Yeah, you're just a little bit, a little bit behind. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is try not to do too many things at once. Know what you want. The number one thing today and tomorrow. Persevere and get it done. So, Eric, finally, you get your uh, your chance to start us off. Uh, I'm going to say Coach Bill Belichick. Brad, I'm going to say Coach, and I'm going to say Saban. I'm going to say coach, and I'll go back to the Don Shula well. That is uh, Coach George Allen. Congrats, everybody. Mm. Three for Gosh, three. D- David's doing well so far in a game. This is <laughs> oh, I'm winning, now. baby. I can yeah. taste it. Uh, the next one is excuses are the tools of the incompetent. Philosopher. I'm going to go Plato. I think that's also a football coach. 
I feel like it was, I'll say Bill Parcells. David, that's a good guess. I'm going to go philosopher and I'm going to go Aristotle again. This might be the first game that David wins. That is Mike Tomlin. Yes! Wow. <laughs> Woo! I just needed, he would say we, something like that. We took like two weeks off from games, so I'm just like re-energized. <laughs> oh, gosh, David, please blow this. <laughs> um, the next one is it does not matter how slowly you go as long as you do not stop. Uh, that's a philosopher, and since I heard Brad say Plato, I'll say Plato. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go philosopher as well. And, uh, I'm going to go Socrates. I'm going to go philosopher because football coaches want to go fast. So I'm going to say philosopher Nietzsche. It's a second hit of Confucius, a philosopher. Ah. So that's, that's, that's five, right? We've done so far. Yeah. How many do we have? 10. So you got five more. Oh, I, I, yeah, I'm getting nervous to blow this yeah. lead. Oh, man, I, I need to get one of these coaches yeah. or philosophers right to make up some ground. How many do you have, David? I have five. I have five for five. Oh, okay. All right. Wow. Okay, I didn't realize you were batting 100. Yeah, maybe. This next one, next one is the beginning is the most important part of the work. I'm going to go coach, and I'm going to go Jimmy Johnson. David? Oh, my next? Yeah. That's Brad's next. Oh, okay. I'm going to go philosopher. And maybe you went back to Confucius, Well, So the beginning is more important than the end? No. What The quote is, the beginning is the most important part of the work. I'm going to go football coach. There we go. Finally stumped David. That's Plato, no. a philosopher. Ah. <laughs> I got three um, now, David. I'm on yes. Eric's got four, right? Eric, how many do you have? I got four. Okay. This next one, uh, dignity does not consist in possessing honors, but in deserving them. That's a coach. That's a coach, and I'm going to go Lombardi. That's a coach, and I'm going Mike Holmgren. It's a coach, and I'm going to go Shula because David said him a lot. There we go. That is Aristotle, my friends. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> Say that again? What, what was the quote again? Dignity does not consist in possessing honors, but in deserving them. Wow. All right. All right. <laughs> we got three left. I'm, I'm trying to hold this lead, trying to hold off the crowd. Oh, gosh. I, I need to start disagreeing with you, David. Leadership is a matter of having people look at you and gain confidence. If you're in control, they're in control. I feel like that it sounds so coachy, but it has to be a philosopher. So I'll say philosopher Plato. Uh, you've gone two philosophers, you've gone three philosophers in a row. So I feel like this has to be a coach, and I'm going to go with Shula again. I'm going to go philosopher Descartes. That was Tom Landry. Oh. You know, uh, the namesake of Tom Landry Middle School in the hit TV show King of the Hill. <laughs> okay, this next one, success. Wait so, that, wait, so Tom Landry was a coach, wasn't he? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought, yeah. <laughs> 
David, David's tied. Yeah. <laughs> Success demands singleness of purpose. Wait, can you repeat it one more time? Success demands singleness of purpose. I'm going to go. Uh, Wait, is it, do I go first? Yeah. I want just David to go first for the rest of the time because I want him to blow this lead. Is it just two left? Yeah. I don't want, I don't want him to go off of what other people are saying. Success is single. I'm going with Coach. And I'm going with Don Shula. Uh, I'm going to go philosopher, and I'm going to go Socrates. I can't win, so I'm out. <laughs> Just take a guess. <laughs> I'm going to go philosopher Nietzsche. That is Vince Lombardi. Yes! Yes! <laughs> what, <laughs> so what, how, many, how many correct do you have, David? I have six. Eric? Uh, seven. Er, no, you have five, because we were tied. Yeah, I have five. I have five. Okay. Okay. Wow. This next mm. one. Is David For starting all the marbles, It isn't positions which lend distinction, but men who enhance positions. I'm going to need you to repeat that because I need to get in the zone. Okay, go ahead. It isn't positions which lend distinction, but men who enhance positions. I think Eric starts it out, right? No, you go first because you're in the lead. I don't want you just copying him and calling it. <laughs> Philosopher. Plato. Uh, I'm going to try to go for the win, and I can't do the same thing as David, so I'm going to go coach, and I'm going to say Don Shula because that'd be a perfect <laughs> way for David to lose. It is Agassilias, uh, who I haven't heard of him in the NFL Hall of Fame. He is a philosopher. Yeah! <laughs> David won! Oh, the schneid! Let's go. Brad is just like a good luck charm because that's yeah. what I'm doing. Really David, the most cultured, apparently, of our of our pod. Seven. Well, I think I could name more philosophers than anybody. <laughs> Probably, but that wasn't the I'll game. Take, I'll take. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take those. Uh, the, that moral victory. Uh, I know at least three now. So yeah. there's John Stamos. There's Plato. <laughs> <laughs> well. That's the show this week, guys. Make sure you follow the show at Trip Play Fantasy if you're enjoying the content. Again, give us a five-star rating and review. Helps us grow, helps us keep putting out this content. We're going to be going back to the well and running back rankings next week. Until then, stay safe. We'll see you all then.